0: video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay 3 Video Podcast. We go through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah, buddy, let's do it. <laughs> so, starting in the cult section, we have Switchblade Sisters, the classic Jack Hill film, finally coming to high definition. I don't know, was it on there before? I don't think
1: so. No, this was only on, uh, wasn't this on Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's Tarantino. Rolling
0: <laughs> Thunder Pictures. <laughs> yeah, I think that's
1: the only edition of this that's existed And
0: disgustingly, this Blu-ray doesn't feature the Quentin Tarantino commentary where he won't shut up (laughs) and let Jack Hill talk.
1: Yep, sounds like him. Uh, But it's got a lot of features, right? You picked this up. It does does arrow do cases like slip covers they do right uh, they do but not for this one yeah they didn't yeah for some reason they didn't for this one I don't know what their decision making process in that is
0: not that it really matters but I, I you know I'm gonna be honest I'm not a big fan of the original arrow covers I always flip them around when I get them. Which I appreciate that they include the original cover art, just because it's like so colorless for some reason. Like they go for very muted colors.
1: I don't know why. Yeah, this one has been kind of unimpressive looking to me. No, no offense to the artist who who did it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's all—it's a very similar style, right? It like, is, yeah. The kind of black, there's a few accents, there's, like, traced
1: art, seemingly, from the movie. I feel like sometimes these companies just get, like, their one aesthetic and kind of run with it. Like, Screen Factories covers, you know, every once in a while can look kind of just similar and generic too.
0: Yeah, other. like overstuffed. All the characters from the movie, it's all
1: exploding. Yeah, you got to put every single thing in there. Give
0: me like a bold <laughs> design or something like
1: that. That's what I like. Yeah, I want something, you know, eye-catching. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but Switchblade
0: Sisters, it's a classic of the like I guess, women, motorcycle gang, stylish stuff. It's fun.
1: Would recommend. Yeah, definitely. And it's been a long time. And yeah, like we said, this hasn't been on disc since the Rolling Thunder picture days, which was a long time ago. And I think that disc is like way out of print. So... Yeah, this is like a huge cult movie that has kind of been unavailable for a long and
0: time. And we have a bunch of Severn stuff. Whoa, blast from the past,
1: like a couple months ago, right? <laughs> Flashback to January here. We yep. have
0: Castle of the Creeping Flesh. Well, I mean, I'm going to say nobody really wants these movies anyway.
1: <laughs> Ooh, fur I mean, this one, we got some pre-orders for this. I don't know. Yeah, I think just because it's a Euro cult
0: film. Uh, looking at some reviews, people are like, yeah, it's pretty dull, but there's
1: footage of real open heart surgery and it's like ew gross Ooh, that seems like right up Severin's alley <laughs> but we have the
0: attic expeditions and this seems right up Mark's we alley
1: do. <laughs> you know I, I took I watched this one this week because you know
0: you're a Seth you Green know, completist do,
1: I'm a Seth Green completist and you know how much I love Jeremy Caston's The Wizard of Gore <laughs>
0: oh yeah you really like the dead ones as well right
1: yeah no I haven't gotten around to that one yet oh, I thought do, you I,
0: did I thought that was one of the school shooting ones you were like ugh, no thank you
1: no I haven't seen it yet I'm gonna do a double feature with that and run hide fight at some point so oh god for- <laughs> I don't know why i like the wizard of gore well actually i do yeah chris Glover so i i think that's the only jeremy caston film i've actually seen but you know i'd always been interested in this this seemed right up my alley it's that like early 2000s horror
0: what are in the attics let's go on an expedition
1: what an odd title i, I thought you would have maybe seen this film but i guess not you got no interest
0: <laughs> your your belief that i see like every crummy looking horror film that comes out is not true fair
1: enough well i have no standards when it comes to 2000s horror movies so um yeah this this is basically about a guy who, you know, may or may not have killed his wife or partner. So he's in like an asylum and he gets transferred to this sort of like halfway home to recover. And there's, you know, things going on up in the attic. He might be losing his mind. He's living with a bunch of weirdos like Seth Green. Um, Isn't Jeffrey Combs there too? Jeffrey Combs plays the doctor. Yeah. Who's working on some sort of like top secret experiment. Ted Raimi's there. Uh, Wendy Roby, who plays Nadine on Twin Peaks, is there. She's great. I kind of like this movie i thought it was kind of fun um it's not great he definitely walks a fine line of you know massage misogy- i don't want to say he's misogynistic but there's a, there's definitely some you know questionable moments that make me question who jeremy cast is as a person but i kind of like the vibe of this movie it had a very it has that like 90s are you afraid of the dark maybe it's like kind of a full moon-esque kind of vibe which isn't doesn't mean it will be good but It just kind of reminded me of things I watched in my childhood and it's got some really cool gore effects. I like what he does with the whole like is he or is he not losing his mind. I mean it's not really a spoiler alert but yeah he's basically like losing his mind here and the whole plot keeps kind of like folding back in on itself and more more than anything I just think it's like it got it's really campy in a a fun kind of weird way. So I don't know. It's not perfect. It's not, I would say like only horror fans check this one out, but I don't know. I kind of dug it. I kind of dug it. So, you know, there's another Jeremy Caston film to put on my, uh, my liked list. Get the Blu-ray filled with special features, right? Uh, is it? Fi- I don't even know if it's filled with special features. I just like uh, watched a copy of this online, so I actually had not played <laughs> <laughs> online. Yeah, you I didn't it appreciate it the way it was meant to be viewed. I, you know, I almost like considered buying this during Severn's Black Friday sale back in like November, and then I thought you know thought better of it because it was way too expensive and i figured they would just release it again later in a normal edition so but i think there's some good special features on here there seemed to be some stuff on the back when i quickly took a look at the yeah they got
0: Seth green to come back and do stuff so yeah
1: and he's fun you know he's actually it's funny because they put his face right on the cover so i was expecting him to be the star of this but he's actually not he's more of just like a supporting character uh who kind of like his role gets bigger as the film goes along but he's good i don't know he's really leaning into the camp thing He's, uh, you know, I I like Seth Green. What can I say? We all grew up with Seth Green, right?
0: Yeah, he's such a friendly (laughs) face. Everyone's favorite werewolf. (laughs) Sorry, I was looking up information about the uh, next DVD, Family Portrait, the Trilogy of America, directed by Doug Buck. Because I was like, wait, Doug Buck, he, I saw him pop up for some uh i feel distasteful opinions but I wanted to make sure and that's right he's an anti-vaxer that's he? probably why yeah. he saw his name yeah
1: okay well i've never seen I've always been interested in these but I've never seen it this was kind of like a cult thing in the in the 2000s right he made like so it's like a series of short films that he kind of combined into a feature yeah thing, I'm
0: looking at his Facebook he's saying he's not an anti-vaxer but then it seems like he's sharing a ben garrison one uh unironically so (laughs) Uh,
1: yikes severin you know severin really gets into bed with you know questionable people
0: yeah i like the first comment on the facebook post ben garrison is almost always on
1: point oh no yikes well i was definitely kind of interested in these before i don't know maybe
0: he's a very nice fellow and this is just the one particular opinion that he has because he's he says he's anti big pharma which i I wouldn't disagree with that no you know
1: yeah nobody should like pharma. Pharma, yeah. <laughs> but usually when people say that, it also means they're, you know, anti-a a lot of things that maybe aren't as bad.
0: So, yeah, it's finally out on Blu-ray. I've never seen these films. They seem very uh, brutal and real, which
1: is not really up my alley. I, I'm intrigued. I'm always down for, like, kind of the... Uh, destruction of the American family unit sort of thing which I think this is what this is Um, but yeah I've just never uh, never gotten around to these ones we also have
0: Plague Town which is coming out from Severin because the owner of Severin David Gregory this is the film that he directed oh is it? (laughs) <laughs> this is is this canadian no he's not canadian He's uh, British. Okay.
1: for some reason i thought this was canadian
0: i've always seen it haunting the blu-ray bins at <laughs> <Yeah. B&B.
1: laughs> that's the thing i remember when this came out on dvd maybe like a decade ago and yeah i don't know i thought that it sounded the concept sounded kind of interesting but i don't think the reviews were that strong
0: and tales of the uncanny is another film being released by severin and this is a fan-centric documentary on the horror anthology cinema Oh, this seems right up your alley. We've said on this podcast we love horror anthologies.
1: Yeah, right up both of our alleys. This is just for us. Uh, but no, this has been selling well. People have been waiting for this, I guess. So, but also, yeah, also directed by David Gregory. Well,
0: he's a documentary guy. He does all the special features on the Severn right. stuff.
1: Right. It's got a fairly impressive, you know, roster of names they interview from, like Joe Dante, Roger Corman, to like Simon Barrett, um, Richard Stanley. He's definitely in yeah, there. He, he was like part of the Severn family. Until recently, they definitely, you know, severed ties. <laughs> no pun intended. hey
0: We also have, for Media Blasters, Hansel and Gretel, the 2007 South Korean film, because they're just re-releasing all the films they've done before.
1: like Yeah, everything they put out on DVD. Um, I've never seen this one, but I've always been kind of interested. I like South Korean horror. We
0: also have A Woman Like E from Cult Epics. Looks erotic like a lot of Cult Epics Part films. Of like a
1: new kind of erotic line that uh, Cult Epics is doing based on one actress in particular. I think it's Monique Van De Ven. I don't know. They're doing a whole – or no, it's the director, I think. It's Nuch- Nuchka Van Brackel who is a um, Dutch erotic director from, like, the 60s and 70s. Uh, they released a few of – they released one of uh, their films earlier. They've got one coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, so I don't know. They're just – So how does this... this rate on the Peter meter for you, Mark? Because you definitely checked this one out, right? I don't know anything about this movie. Yeah. But, yeah, you're more
0: of a um, fan of the next movie being released by Media Bastards. Frawlin' Leather, nudes on Credit, Guilty Pleasures Volume One. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Don't know much about these. This plums the always popular Nazi Nazi exploitation. My
0: my religious eyes can't make contact with it. I have to wear special glasses when I stock the shelves. Yeah, exactly
1: right. It's hilarious too, because in true media blasters fashion, they've put together like a really bad co- like really bad cover art for this. So these are like two, I don't know, seventies. I guess Nazi exploitation films, uh, from a guy named Nick, Nick Phillips, I think is his name. But the cover they've put, they've just put like, a lady like a new basically like a new photo of some lady in lingerie on the front cover of this that clearly has nothing to do what is this with a the... camp
0: motion picture release that's what they used to do
1: <laughs> yeah basically that's what it looks like that's what it looks like uh, but yeah typical media blasters like
0: we also have more eroticism with alternative cinema something weird putting out the andrea true collection I'm not familiar with Andrea True. Listen, we sound like babes in the woods going through all of these erotic films. Yeah,
1: it's really kind of like porn central on this week's cult list. Um, yeah, I don't know. She was, I guess, a fairly prominent hardcore star. From we the also 70s. have,
0: I mean, this is a My Alley, Sexorcist Devil, the Ray Dennis Steckler series, volume one. What is After
1: Hours? They are, yeah, so they're basically like a porno line. They, they've put out porno releases. I
0: mean, Ray Dennis Steckler's pornos are terrible. Yeah. So
1: bad. <laughs> well, you guys did. I know you guys did a podcast episode on your other podcast about him, uh, which was very entertaining. And uh, yeah, I wasn't totally – I knew the name Ray Dennis Steckler. I knew some of his films, but I didn't know like the breadth of his work or his kind of legacy. Um, and yeah, so here's a strange collection of some of his porn stuff that I guess is, you know – um, satanic themed in some way
0: so now that we're all covered in fluids let's watch ourselves off and we go back to the uh, <laughs> cult section <laughs> Mark's spitting out his coffee as he's drinking
1: ah <laughs> uh, fluids <laughs>
0: so we have Robot Ninja from Tempe Entertainment this being J.R. Bookwalter's second film shot on 16mm the one that he was always ashamed of and said he would never release until he saw dollar signs yeah, in the blu-ray
1: market he can't turn down this. I
0: bought this ages ago because they did a big special limited edition. And I think they swore, like, we'll never release it on normal Blu ray. But then they're like, oh, wait,
1: here they are. <laughs> I mean, I will say it's kind of pricey, and it's like MOD status, so I don't think they've put much effort into this. I feel no, like, it doesn't
0: have a bunch of special features. I like, don't
1: think so. I feel like it's the version you got is a lot better than the one that came out. Oh here. yeah, there's like three versions of the movie. There's like nine commentary tracks, uh, new making of. Well, and... that's the thing with Tempe; they se- seem to just want to sell directly for the most part, so most of their releases aren't really available. Wait, is
0: this the MOD that they did? That's just the. DVD that really came out before the Blu-ray?
1: It is Blu-ray, but I think, I don't think there's much on this either. I think it's just like, like that DVD was. It's like an M.O.D. version of it where it's just like, here's the film. So
0: moving on to the classic sections, we have The Furies from the Criterion Collection. This is a very good Anthony Mann Western starring Barbara Stanwyck. I was surprised to see they included the book that was in the original DVD pressing. They
1: do, yeah. I thought they might have phased this out, but they are, yeah, going strong with (laughs) it.
0: our warehouse
1: is filled with these books. (laughs) We need to get rid of them i think this is a nice touch though I, oh i love it I used to do it all the time like vampire had yeah, that as the, well uh, picnic at hanging rock had that on their first pressing i i really dig this idea if if it is like a short enough novel that they can kind of put in there uh, yeah, the packaging is beautiful, and I think the Criterion packaging has gotten a little you know, cheaper these days, so it's nice to see. And
0: they did do some new extras. I believe there's some new essays on the disc by some women critics about so, the film. So yeah,
1: I would pick this one up. And
0: we also have Memories of Murder from Criterion by my man... Uh, Bong Joon-ho, I mean, we've already covered Mark Hansen hates him,
1: hates but him. But this movie is an absolute masterpiece. This is my favorite movie of his, as it is for, I'm sure, a lot of people. Oh,
0: uh, I've been seeing some controversy on blu raycom or whatever. I don't know. Somebody brought it to my attention, because I don't go to it, that they're supposedly, the colors are slightly different to the other versions. More muted, they say. Oh, no,
1: people hate that, eh? I mean, I don't really care. Oh,
0: they hate it, even though the director approved it. And it doesn't sound like a Wong Kar-wai style Bastardization. Yeah, I
1: mean, I threw it on in the store just to have it on the background. It looked looked good to me. So I don't know. Um, But this movie is excellent. This has been obviously long, long awaited. DVD's been out of print forever. Never been a Blu ray before. And like, this is, you know, in my opinion, his best film. So I'm glad that it's here. Ported over all the stuff from the Korean uh, DVD,
0: which someone told me was on the UK version. Okay. So perhaps they had had already gotten English uh, subtitles, which is why they brought it over. So there's a a two-and-a-half-hour documentary on the film. There's two commentary tracks. There's also a whole bunch of new stuff that they did, which surprised me. Like, they did a new commentary in English between Bong Joon-ho and Tony Rains. The guy, they had done a Parasite one as well. There's also an interview of Guillermo del Toro interviewing uh, Bong Joon-ho. So, lots of fun stuff. The only thing that disgusts me, disgusts me. (laughs) What's that? Crack it open. I'm like, this better not be a poster with an essay on the back. It's not but it's an accordion fold-out. <laughs> Why? Why? It was only five pages was text on them. That's uh, it.
1: They're trying to be cute. They're trying to be cute. Oh,
0: awful. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Give me a booklet. Come on, man. You guys know how to do Justin it. Justin
1: has spoken. Criterion Collection, listen up. Justin is displeased. <laughs>
0: I mean, everybody's displeased. Nobody likes these. They're tough to read. They're like tough to fold out.
1: I just find the criterion packaging, for the most part, you know, with like the exception of the Furies or something, has just kind of gone downhill. Because they don't,
0: they can save some money. People will still buy it. They're still going to charge, like, thirty nine ninety
1: nine Canadian. Come on. It's even some of the covers sometimes. Like, come on. You can't do some better. God, When they're going to get into the 4K <sighs> realm, it's going to be I a know. whole other. Well, they're really holding out, eh? They're almost like the last specialty company that hasn't dipped their toes in that one.
0: I think one of the issues is they're going to have to do whole new restorations and scans. Because, like, even some of the Blu-rays, they only did 2K scans when yeah, they did them. Yeah, and they're those. just
1: going to be releasing, re-releasing all of their, like, classic titles again. Like, 8.5 or M or The Red Shoes like just all the classic which is great but you know we've all bought these movies thousands of times you're gonna buy them
0: again yeah you piggies eat it up
1: (laughs) well we will moving on to warner
0: archives and a company that supposedly is getting out of the blu-ray game yeah
1: yeah i know you mentioned this a couple weeks ago and i was like nah that's not true but then i I saw tweets going around yesterday again and apparently warner's just pulling out of the physical media market in 2022 yeah they want
0: you to get on hbo max even though the movies like dr x aren't ain't gonna be on hbo max that's
1: ridiculous right like i can see shuttering their regular physical media line but keep. The archive thing going, right? Like it's just well, it's MOD. Wasn't the whole point of archive that it was MOD so that they didn't have to print thousands and thousands of copies and ship them? Like, that's the whole point of this. So why is that such a loss? And they
0: said that it is making money, but that it's not making enough money on the spreadsheet. It's capitalism, Mark. That's how it's it
1: capitalism. works. That's what it is. So
0: Dr. X, the Michael Curtiz film. I believe it's an early color picture, so people are probably excited about that. Yeah, this one is
1: uh selling very well. We very, also
0: have Mutiny well. on the Bounty, What are Archives again? Uh 1935 version with Broadway Melody of 1940 and Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah, Annie Get Your Gun, classically sung in uh, Not Another Teen Movie, right, by Chris Evans?
1: Oh, yeah, back to that spoof movie. Uh, right we right also here. have
0: Green Dolphin Street from Warner Archives, uh, director of Victor Seville. Lena Turner stars in it, not familiar with it. I hope that it's about a, a dolphin that's green. It that seems I-
1: like it's promising much more than it can deliver here. <laughs>
0: we also have Chariots of Fire. You love Chariots of Fire, right?
1: Sure. I've never seen Chariots of Fire. I'm going to be real honest here. I just know the classic scene and the classic theme. And that's really all. And this one's also been on Blu-ray before. It was like one of those book. Remember Warner was doing those Digibooks for so long? You know
0: who's really good with packaging? It's France. They knock it out of the park. They do Digibooks still, and it's like, filled those
1: interviews with the filmmakers when you yeah, crack bring it open. Yeah, back. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah,
0: and now they could actually be interesting information in them instead of just a bunch of photos, which a lot of the Digibooks had, yeah. Uh, moving on, the final and the biggest Water Archive release, Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, the complete series.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't realize there was a Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space series, but here we are. Yeah,
0: they died and went to heaven, or hell, as it's revealed in the last
1: episode. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those Josie and the Pussycats fans are, you know, psyched about this. It's been selling well. You know, I've never seen the movie in entire, in, in full. I mean, you've seen Spice World, right? Oh, yeah, love Spice World. But
0: why not Josie and the Pussycats? only he's
1: a superior Spice World. World. Um, well, let's, I'll see it and determine first. Hold on. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because it's right in, you know, my time period for watching these kind of movies. Uh, I was a big fan of Can't Hardly Wait at the time, which was the same directors. And I mean, I've seen lots of parts of this movie on TV over the years, so I definitely am familiar with it. But I've just never sat down and watched it beginning to end. Yeah, I will get around to it, though, at some point. I will. Just
0: like you'll get around to Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, a complete series, That that
1: one, I don't care. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) So moving on to Paramount now, Small Soldiers is being released by Paramount. And it's just a bare bones disc, isn't it? It it?
1: is. Now, this was a bit of an odd one. What are you
0: doing, Paramount? This is Paramount Present Territory, as well as the next one, Good Burger like they make it a Paramount present, people will buy it
1: I know well that's the thing so Paramount got is like basically just shuttling a a bunch of their 90s family films out on Blu-ray now that have never been out before the weird thing is these were due out back in February and they were supposed to be like really cheap as they should be because they're just like bare bones releases but then the Canadian releases after being delayed forever got canceled so we had to import these from the US so they're a little pricier for what amounts to not much but I agree small soldiers in particular like I mean it's joe dante he's like and this movie even in this bare bones edition has been selling like well. you
0: can't get joe dante to do a commentary track or adam rifkin the screenwriter like it's not that hard that's
1: the thing so many of his things have been put out by uh, screen factory or show factory and like beautiful special editions now like small soldiers is crying out for that and
0: it's a great movie i love this movie growing up i mean it's never gonna happen if it just got dumped like yeah this.
1: that's the thing if paramount's just doing it like this they're not oh i them. hope like
0: a company like indicator picks it up and oh, does a special would be edition so
1: much fun fun but good burger too in particular is a extreme never seen it crazy man great you got to watch good burger i'm talking like there there are movies and then there are great movies and good burger is a phenomenal movie
0: Nah, i don't think it's
1: gonna hit the same way it did with teenage mark when he saw it probably not i was you know I mean, is anybody who grew up watching Kenan and Cal and just... I
0: never watched Kenan and Cal, so I have no uh, nostalgia
1: for them at so all. So you just don't have any frame of reference at all? Wait,
0: I had this conversation with somebody else. Where did you see them? Like, I watched all the kids' TV shows. I didn't see any of their of their stuff. Was it on YTV? I think
1: it was on YTV, Yeah. Yeah, because that's where – because it's not like we have Nickelodeon in Canada. We didn't so. have
0: Nickelodeon, yeah, unless you were some kind of rich, hotty toddy guy who had a big cable package. Honestly,
1: it's been so long, I can't remember where. But I know it was a big fan. But Good Burger, I remember being, like, so excited to see uh, – I think I went to see it in theaters. And then I had the uh, the orange video cassette that they had. You remember that? That was good, Yeah. And Good Burger is just like a really fun movie. I mean, yeah, it's been – granted, it's been years since I've seen it. So maybe it won't hold up as well. But it's that whole classic like, you know, staff of like an independent fast food joint and then like a corporate like McDonald's type place opens across the street. So it's basically this battle with like the little guy versus the corporate monster. And like that res- that storyline always resonates with me. And Keenan and Kel are just like super funny and the whole vibe is super funny. And anybody who's seen it or remembers it will remember, like, the classic catchphrase for when people come in, the whole, like, welcome to Good Burger, you know, can I take your order sort of thing. It's, it's a great uh, it's a great movie. It's a great time. And if you're looking – if, like, you're older and you're looking for a good movie to, like, you know, show your kids or something, I would say this is yeah, perfect. Yeah,
0: force them the entertainment that
1: you enjoyed as a child as opposed to whatever they would like. I need to spread the Good Burger lug. And, hey, if you're not – if you're not like sure you want to buy this, I think it is streaming on Amazon Prime. So check it out on Amazon Prime and then, you know, buy a disc if you really love it. And then spend the big bucks on this bare book. <laughs> so
0: we also have yours, my mine, and ours coming out from Paramount. Which one is this? This is
1: uh, Yeah, sorry. I, I should have put the – I think I forgot the year here. But this is not the classic like 60s version. This is the Dennis Quaid one. Ooh, bad Man Dennis Quaid. So, Yeah. Is he bad? Is he a bad? Man well, like? he
0: did like a bunch of Trump stuff. Remember where he was like the only celebrity that accepted to be in that really weird uh, video. Dennis, no, Dennis, no. <laughs> we need to sh- we need to uh, sh- uh, shrink him down and put him on a mission. Yeah, exactly
1: him. right. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's all I need to see from Dennis Quaid. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody likes this movie. Did anybody like the remake of yours? No. Love?
0: I mean, I've never seen the original either. No,
1: me neither. But I don't know. I guess Paramount's, again, just dumping it out on Blu-ray.
0: We also have Francisca, uh, the 1981... 1981- Manuel de Oliveira film being released by Grasshopper. Never seen this one, have you?
1: No, me neither. I've always been fascinated by him, though. He, like, was, you know, he was making movies until, like, he was 100 years old. (laughs) And people still aren't watching them. You know what? I was always fascinated by his stuff. I think I saw... He's like, please,
0: please, watch my movies. I'm 100 years old.
1: I definitely have seen one of his movies, although I can't remember which one now. (laughs) Clearly, it left an impression on me, yeah. But yeah, so this is, you know, this is right up um, Grasshopper's alley. You know, they are kind of I think they've released a few of his films and more recent films and they're kind of like plumbing his back catalog because, yeah. Oh, I've seen The Convent from him, which is a movie he made in the 90s with John Malkovich and Catherine Deneuve. You saw his an American picture. Uh, But yeah, he made I mean, he's passed away now, but he was making movie. He was 106 years old when he passed away. And he was making movies like right up until then, which not is not any
0: good enough to get in front of our eyes.
1: I know, but his credits go for go way back to 1931, and he was making movies up until 2015. That's crazy to me.
0: So, uh, moving on to movies that Mark may be a scene. I of the Beholder.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why I included this. This is like a. So this isn't even on Blu-ray. This is like a DVD re-release. But, but I you've guess, seen it,
0: right? Ashley Judd, Ewan McGregor, Jason Priestley. Yeah. yeah, I know why you included this. This is a
1: late 90s thriller from the director, uh, from Stephen Elliott, who is probably best known for The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is obviously a hugely popular film. He made this thriller later on, and I remember people hated it when it came out, got really bad reviews. It is Canadian, too. It's like a Canadian production. I think a lot of it was shot in Montreal. And uh, you know what? I kind of like this movie, though. It's like a weird, like, (laughs) bad Hitchcockian kind of riff. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's great, but I don't know. There was like a trashiness to it that I really liked. I guess the big deal with this DVD is that it was never available on widescreen before. It was only available in a like a really bad full screen transfer. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's trash, but it was shot like really wide and like it does have a style to it. So if you want to check out like a, a thriller from the past that maybe didn't you know get much attention or you've forgotten about i would say give it a chance it's not that so bad. moving on to new stuff <laughs> mark take <laughs> it away let's do this all right well we got some british tv off the top which i know you know justin and i are very familiar with uh, oh we- man
0: i got really excited when it looked like just glancing at it, it said dracula 2000 yeah
1: i know Oh, i wish i wish i can't wait to talk about a deluxe blu-ray edition of dracula 2000 how point. has show
0: factory not done that like Done like a three-disc set of Dracula. I know they're Miramax films. Yeah,
1: it's the whole Miramax thing, which now Paramount owns. So I think you know it's out on Blu-ray. It's just like a bare bones sort of like Paramount Miramax one. Well,
0: I own the DVDs, which all have commentary tracks. All three Dracula 2000 movies. Yep.
1: You are a fan. I love it. uh Well, this Dracula is the new 2020 BBC adaptation. It's the one with uh, Cleese Cleese Bang, who's from uh, the Square and the Burt Horn and a bunch of other movies. Uh, I don't know people's. Apparently, really like this, so there yeah. You go. Supposedly,
0: people really like the first part and then don't like the second part because there's a big like uh, twist aroo of uh, storytelling that you can find it if you go looking online. It's short,
1: right? It's only like three episodes. So, anyways, we've also got Talking Heads, which is a basically a BBC like pandemic-related uh, sort of experiment where they've got a bunch of famous actors like Martin Freeman, I think Leslie Manville. They all basically are filmed in their homes doing these monologues of alan bennett uh plays and if you don't know alan bennett he's a huge british playwright he's you know they've done so many of adaptations of his stuff on bbc our, our british television Man, s- everything
0: yeah. that you've said describing this movie sounds insufferable it, it sounds <laughs>
1: insufferable but you know people love out Al- our british tv section is stocked with alan bennett stuff so you know come on in for this and then onto some real movies. We've got, bro, well, real in quotation movies. We've got Brothers by Blood also. <laughs> yeah, Mark
0: is uh, very anti documentary. <laughs> He's like. No, I want some real movies like Brothers by Blood, aka The Sound of
1: Philadelphia. The Sound of Philadelphia. So this is a new crime thriller with uh, Matthias Schonertz and Joel Kinnaman and Micah Monroe oh, is in there. <laughs> Anyways, it's like a. It's basic. It reminds me of kind of like the Drop or something because it seems like a. Uh, it's just like a, I like the Drop. It's like a Philadelphia crime story. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is probably not as good as the Drop. No. <laughs> it's from a French director who's making an American film in. You know, Ooh,
0: it's always a. Of quality. That's yeah, so
1: about like crime families in Philadelphia. I no, thank know. you. We've also got Crisis, which is a new uh, kind of like traffic style drama about the opioid crisis, and it stars everybody's favorite cannibal rapist Army Hammer. Oh no, this is
0: probably probably one of the last few uh army hammer films oh no you know what he'll be in like run hide fight too oh yeah he'll
1: be there right and um, he'll play himself and who's a cannibal yeah exactly well he's got that death on the nile movie that's like shot oh
0: yeah well they don't know what to do with him right like they're like we're gonna cg him out or something like that i think we talked about that last episode what if they just made him a cannibal
1: in the movie they should they should well you know army hammer should just go away because he's definitely not a very good person uh this also stars gary oldman who is also not very good person and there's a lot of people in this, though. You know, Michelle Rodriguez is here. It's a whole, like, ensemble cast of people dealing with the opioid crisis uh, who are in crisis. So I feel like there's been too many opioid movies lately. So.
0: You think so? You think that's not something that uh, anyone should have
1: a concern about? You're like, it's gotten too much attention. Well, there's been a lot of, like, bad VOD movies about the opioid crisis right now. So, But this one's from director Nicholas Jericho, who did uh, Arbitrage, which people liked. But I hear this one's not very good. Uh, so moving on, we got some foreign stuff. we got Liberté, which is the new film from Albert Serra, which is supposed to be very kinky and explicitly sexual. And I don't know if people really like this. I have not seen it. We've got Sybil, which is a uh, coming-of-age movie,
0: I believe. Oh, no. Mark hates those. Actually, no.
1: It actually looks pretty good. It's about a 25-year-old who lives with her father and sister in a secluded village. <laughs> You're
0: like, oh, no. They're over their teens. I'll watch it. Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's a Turkish uh drama which has been very well acclaimed and then uh for some American indie stuff we've got test pattern coming out from Kino which is a very very good movie highly recommend it uh it's from a new filmmaker uh, up and coming filmmaker called Shatara Michael Ford believe uh shatara michelle ford and it's basically about a new couple like a new interracial couple and um the lady gets uh basically like date raped at a bar by somebody else and they try and get her a rape kit and they just go through all this sort of like government and hospital bureaucracy where they can't actually just get a simple rape kit the day after but then it turns into a thing where the the boyfriend kind of like takes control of the situation and like tries to make it all about himself when it's not it's just a really great sort of like low-key just gritty american indie movie which really kind of sums up the way things are right now and like the healthcare system especially for women of color so um definitely check this one out uh one to see uh, and then we've got Giants Being Lonely, which is an indie movie about um small town and some.
0: Uh, no, I want Giants. <laughs> There's all cyclops and you know old hook hands.
1: Yeah, I think this is a more of a coming of age thing about kids on like a baseball team or something. This is not giving you the uh, the, <laughs> the bonanza that you. All want. All right,
0: moving, moving on, moving on. <laughs> the
1: next movie will. The next movie will because it's our blind buy this week, and it it's is
0: Skyfire Blind Buy.
1: So, yeah, we, uh, we jumped into the Skyfire for this week's Blind buy, and if you don't know what this is, this is uh, a huge Chinese uh, production. Directed um,
0: by America's best,
1: Simon West. Simon West, the director of the masterful Con Air. I
0: think that the rest of the movies, though, like, outweigh Con Air at this point. Con Air is a masterpiece, one of the greatest uh, 90s action movies ever. But, like, he has never even come close to recreating that magic. No, I
1: agree. Yeah, Con Air, like, the, the only reason I think I know Simon West's name at this point is because of Conair. Because, like, everything else he's done from Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. What do you mean? I can name them off the top of my head. The General's Daughter. <laughs> I saw The General's Daughter in theaters with my grandma when I was, like, 12 years old. He did, also
0: did Expendables 2. He did that Antonio Banderas.
1: Yep. Gunshy or something. Um he's done a lot of bad movies and um, I think he's done even there's even more bad ones he's done but for some reason I guess well this makes sense I guess that he would get a job on like a big Chinese production and he's just kind of like an anonymous and Simon West started off as a music video director too yeah and but, I mean Rennie Harlan directed some big mainland Chinese films it's a big blockbuster it came out I think it was one of the last movies to come out before the coronavirus pandemic hit there because it was like the end of December 2019
0: uh, so Mark Uh, Messaged me and he's like, Oh man, Skyfire. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm excited. And I got all my friends together and we all watch it online and we I mean the beginning is real boring the first 30 minutes but once the sky fire happens
1: we were excited for the first 30 minutes
0: and then it just kind of runs out of
1: steam fair enough fair <laughs> enough I, I will say it's not like I loved this movie or anything but
0: no you love the sequence when everybody started dying and then they're on the tram and they have to like jump between the things that's <laughs> oh, the best that's part that's
1: the best part well we should set this up for people who don't know what it is this is a disaster movie and it's got a great premise. It's basically about a, an eccentric rich guy played by Jason Isaacs, who's like the only who's
0: the MVP of the yeah, film. he's the
1: MVP of this film. He's hilarious, and his hair has been dyed jet black and like a really, really funny. You way.
0: know, I, I'm gonna say here is that like he opens a theme park, Jurassic World style, by an, a volcano. <laughs> that had exploded or uh, did it explode or was the opening volcano a different volcano it's a
1: hilarious idea because yeah the opening it kind of opens like Dante's Peak did where this like flashback to a you know a situation where this volcano explodes and basically see all these people die and the main characters kind of get out but Then this, yeah, eccentric rich guy has started up a volcano theme park on this same island. Only like, what, 10 years after, maybe 10, 15 years after. And it's like, dude, this is a very active volcano. And he's like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And of course, it's not fine. Like, right away, it's not fine. This thing blows. And people, a lot of people die in, you know, fairly horrific ways. I think one of my
0: big issues is I felt the film wasn't cruel enough that, like,
1: all, all the heroes pretty much live. Yeah, it definitely could have pushed it farther. There were a lot of moments when I thought, you know, and I feel like they take from Dante's Peak a lot. I don't know if it's conscious or not, but there's the whole sequence where there's the two lovers who are like swimming and sort of like the Yeah, but I wanted springs. them to burn alive. Like, that's what I wanted. If we learned anything from Dante's Peak, didn't we learn that it turns uh, the water acidic too? What are
0: some other sequences that I was like, oh, come on. I mean, the highlight, it's two sequences. It's- Um, a guy in a jet ski who takes a sweet jump and gets hit by a meteor rock. Yeah,
1: that's really good. I love that. And it's
0: also uh, Jason Isaac's death, which is very funny. It seems like (laughs) that he was like, I don't want to film this anymore because he is taken out so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's taken out so finally and in such a hilarious way. He
0: was taken out in a way that I was hoping that he would come back at the end and be like... (laughs) Well,
1: like, yeah, like the other character. (laughs) I mean, this is filled with like you know, varying degrees of good or not CGI. Um, oh, awful
0: CGI. Awful I think CGI. it's all bad. For the bad, most yeah. part, it's
1: awful CGI. Um, but you know what? There's just something fun. I guess maybe the sincerity of this whole thing. I think
0: my problem is I've watched a lot of mainland Chinese blockbusters, and it has the same structure that they all have, which it just runs out of steam. Like, the main heroes on a motorcycle. You're like, is he going to jump that motorcycle and, like, get on the – on the helicopter? No, nope. he just kind of drives around. Then you see a whole other scene. Then you see he's alive. And then it flashes back to how it happened, which wasn't even that exciting in the first place. That's
1: fair. That's fair. I would say it can be underwhelming if you're expecting a little more from we it.
0: We watched this movie, me and my friends. Because one of my pals, Peter Kaplaski, has had an idea for a movie called Volnado, a volcano tornado forever, and the poster has that image on it. It does not happen in this movie.
1: <laughs> it does Why is it called no. Skyfire?
0: The sky is never on fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not really on fire. The poster kind of sells some things that definitely don't happen. Did you watch? Did you? What language did you watch this in? By the way, too, I have to. Mandarin. Okay. See, I watched the DVD version, which is being put out here by Scream Media, and it's in English completely. There's no – yeah, there's no Mandarin language Well, because like
0: Jason Isaac speaks in English. Yeah, Jason in Isaac the speaks in version. English.
1: And I think all, most of the scenes where he's talking to other cast members, they are at least trying to speak in English. I think they've been dubbed maybe. So like, it sounds
0: like this is a rare blind-by split between me and Mark that he uh, recommends. No, Yeah, you know, not.
1: I – the thing is like – I recommend – this was exactly the kind of movie I would blind buy because I just love disaster movies and this the the concept is great. Yeah, I I would say – maybe I just went in with like lower expectations or something. But something about this movie was just so ridiculous to me that it made me smile. I mean maybe, yeah. Like I'm not as well-versed in mainland China blockbusters. So maybe – I can see how you would kind of be burnt out by them if they're all like this. For me, it just felt like a really – Bad attempt to try and emulate, like, an American blockbuster, like, a superhero movie or something, and... I will
0: tell you what could have easily fixed this movie, which is villains. Like, like Americans like blowing up the volcano and then they have to be against them. Like maybe Jason Isaacs. I was, I was hoping he'd be revealed to
1: be evil. Like he's like, this place was losing money, but the insurance I'll collect will allow me to continue. They kind of start by like positing him as the villain. Yeah, it seems like he's a villain, but he changes really fast and becomes like sympathetic. And then he like, you know, obviously dies and like sacrifices himself i guess if you will so maybe it worked better for me too because i watched the english dub version because the english dubbing is hilarious in this movie
0: oh maybe that's what helped too uh the best part though of the movie is that it ends with i don't know if your version did it was like a music video playing over it does yeah and we're watching (laughs) and we're like oh man they're gonna rock out there's two guys with guitars and then it hits the chorus no guitars and they're like playing the music
1: there's like it's a very low-key song I
0: think that they're performing a different song because you can see their lips aren't matching what the the song is
1: either. The, I love the, you know, attempt to put a music video for a theme song over the end credits and then put all this like blooper reel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon West looks like he's having a good time, you know. I
0: remember like, Simon West complaining uh, on the commentary for Expendables Two, which I listened to, of course, where he's like, "I wanted to do much more action in this opening. I think it would have worked better." And it's like, "That's not the
1: problem, Simon." <laughs> yeah, Simon just doesn't really have that much of a cinema cinematic vision, let's say. But you know what? In terms of Blind Buy, I'm gonna say, yeah. Fly by this. I'm going to give this I a say thumbs up. Nay! Out. Nay! Wow, rare split here. I like it. Well, moving on to the last two titles, we've got some horror stuff. We've got the Mortuary Collection coming out. I uh, didn't see this. I guess this is more anthology. Yep, anthology film? No, I haven't seen it either. Nah, I haven't seen it. We've got The House in Between, which is like a horror documentary about one of the most haunted houses in America. I actually saw this because this is right up my alley, of course. Uh, it's okay, but it's very much, it's made by a couple guys who like have one of those paranormal state type TV shows. So it's like more about. About the investigator guys than the actual house, which is kind of lame. Every
0: one of these movies, it's always the most haunted house in America, and it's like the funny is thing it?
1: is too. They try to make it very like Paranormal Activity because it's all about they set up cameras in this house, and it's like, oh, we captured all this stuff, but they really don't capture that much. What they capture is like, oh, is it like a documentary? It's an actual documentary, yeah. But they capture, like, some doors closing by themselves and, like, a ball falling down the stairs. And it's like they set you up that you're going to see this, like, crazy stuff on camera. And you don't really see that crazy stuff, so... Uh, but yeah, then moving on, we've got some indies to close off. The Violent Heart, which is a drama with my man Lucas Haas. Because <laughs> you love him. We know he's your man. Uh, Lucas Haas is in a great Canadian horror movie from about a decade ago called The Cradle. I would definitely highly recommend that. But um,
0: I'm more of a DJ Qualls kind of guy when it comes to long-faced <laughs> actors. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, okay. You're a Qualls man. I'm a Haas man. All right, all right. <laughs>
0: I like both of them. I can't tell them apart. I
1: like them both too. They should both be in a movie together. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like a buddy comedy. (laughs) Oh, no, it's called, the movie is called Why the Long Face. Perfect. You know, production
1: companies out there, hit us up here. Hit us up.
0: I mean, yeah, they should hire us. we got tons of ideas, mostly of double teams of actors that look like
1: each other. Yeah, right? This is like a Netflix project if I ever saw one. And closing things off here, I had to close things off with this. Wheeler. I'm going to start blind by this week. I, and you know what? I kind of wish we had done this too because I would have liked to had, get your thoughts on this. But we got. Uh, I did not have a chance to watch it. So we got Wheeler. What is Wheeler, may you ask? This is a mo- new movie with Stephen Dorff. Passion project, if you is, will. you know, I, th- I feel like Stephen Dorff's a friend of the podcast at this time, the amount we, uh, we talk about him. And this is a passion project. He co wrote, co produced, and wrote all the music for this because he plays a country music, <laughs> <an> aspiring country <laughs> music star who goes to Nashville to basically become a star and you just follow him and things become The, the hilarious thing about this is it's so easy for him to become a star he basically goes he goes to nashville yeah he writes all i mean you know his musical chops aren't that bad i'll give him that um and he basically goes to nashville he plays some open mics he gets seen by some like record executives he immediately gets like sort of like a tryout contract like everything just happens so easily for him so it's a really like low stakes kind of like drama but there were two things that really kind of stood out for me in this movie that really that I didn't expect. Uh, first of all, the way he looks is hilarious. He has he's donned a prosthetic nose for this role. <laughs> he borrowed the one from Matt Damon that he always wanted to wear. And, and, and on top of that, he's put on huge eyebrows, like
0: <laughs> like Eugene Levy rockers.
1: Yeah, like really big eyebrows. And the second thing about this is it's a mockumentary. What? So they film this as it's like a mockumentary about this guy. So
0: wait, 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 wait. Is it fictional? Okay, so Stephen
1: Dorff isn't going through these. But that I couldn't tell. Like, obviously, there's other actors in it. But the scenes where he plays open mics, I couldn't tell if he actually just went into these as this character and just played these open mics and got somebody to film it. That's
0: fascinating. <laughs> like, I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah,
1: he goes to Nashville with this guy who's like his filming partner. And this is the whole thing. It's just him walking around Nashville and trying to play open mics under this ridiculous costume i will say that the ending of this movie is hilarious and i don't really want to spoil it because it goes but i will say for people who know maybe this is a spoiler but it kind of goes into fubar territory a little bit at the end with what happens so i'll just kind of leave it at that but it's um very very unexpected this movie i won't say it's maybe good but you can tell it is a very much a passion project for Stephen Dorff. He really just, I guess, loves country music and wanted to show off his musical skills, which, again, like I said, aren't half bad. He's not that bad of a musician. But um, this movie, I can't tell if they're playing it as a comedy. Sometimes it seems like they're playing it as a comedy, and then other times it seems like it's just a straight drama. But with the whole mockumentary thing, it just it seems like they're trying to go for something, which I can appreciate. But it's also... Seems like such a weird idea. Like, I want to know what the genesis of this idea was. because Probably like, Stephen
0: Dorff being like, I want to be a country star, but people will recognize me, so I have to go into Scott. Exactly.
1: It's... And you know what? He kind of is incognito. I don't think he'd really know... <laughs> No one would recognize Stephen Dorff, Well, that's the thing. If you were just watching this movie and didn't know who was in it, I mean, he looks almost more like Sean William Scott in this movie than Stephen Dorff <laughs> with the nose. But, you know. I, I can't. I'm a dwarf head here, you know. Big big dwarf fan. You love, the, so you love the dwarf. I had to watch this, and you know I can I can appreciate this movie for what it is. So th- there it is. We keep saying
0: like dwarf head, which makes you sound like you're a fan of uh, Tim Conway's Dorf on golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, give me the dwarf tattoo. It's like, oh, you want a tattoo of the guy who like puts his knees on his shoes. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, just give me – but I will get a big Steven Dorff tattoo on my back. How do you not
0: uh, have the Tim Conway Dorff super collection, super fan collection, eight movies? I see it here on Amazon. This seems to be like $17.99.
1: Yeah, we'd have never had that here. The Dorff super fan collection. (laughs) That's too good. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll try and bring that the cover alone of this movie of this is too Dwarf on Golf, Dorf's Golf Bible, Dorf Goes Fishing. You know, this might be out of print now. This is like a Mill Creek release. Yeah, this is like an old Mill Creek release that I believe is out of print, unfortunately. All
0: right, well that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. As per usual, you can call Mark up, he's always there and <laughs> make an order. Or you know,
1: yeah. Get us to ship, come pick things up curbside. Uh we're still doing what we're doing here.
0: All right, so until next week. Keep on buying and keep on renting Did what you wanna watch? dorf movies specifically
1: tim conway's door these movies and many more are available at your local video store yes definitely please call in and ask for it i'll try i'll try and get it <laughs> yeah, in. yeah if there's so many dorf requests you gotta order the door yeah either you know dorf golf or steven dorf either one i'm good i'm good <laughs>